What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. So, so glad you joined us today. Today our theme is intention. A little bit about Say Yes to Spirit. We come together on a regular basis simply to remind each other that it really is up to us to say yes to spirit. Spirit's always present. Spirit is always giving and ready to give more and to be more in our lives. But sometimes we get so busy being human that we forget to just take a deep breath and say yes to spirit or ask the question, spirit, what would you have me do today? How would you have me show up in the world? How can I be a better representative of the power and the presence of God? So we come together and do this show, Say Yes to Spirit, to remind each other how important it is and how valuable it is to give that yes to give that to that yes, to give into that yes, and to say yes to spirit. So we've been doing this for almost four years. Wow. And uh, I you haven't aged at all, Tracy. You look exactly the same as you did four years ago. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> I like aging. Mm. I like being better. Mm. Vintage wine, you know, getting better, deeper. I'm just saying physically. I'm certain you've gotten deeper and wiser <laughs> more in tune with saying yes. Yeah. So, thank you. Mm-hmm. Have I changed? Absolutely. Oh, okay. But I still You're look young. Okay, there you go. Okay. Because <laughs> nothing ever stays still <laughs> in the universe. Nothing ever stays the same. Uh, yes. Yes. Mm, yes. Yes, yes. The spirit. So, our theme today is intention. Mm. And uh, before we get into our theme for today, we always take a minute and see if Leslie can connect the dots between our theme for today and our most recent theme, which was winter. Mm. And um, and we only do this because Leslie <laughs> has to do with it. Thank you, Tracy, for... But we have our own music. So let's see if we can find the theme music for it. Intention and winter. Intention and winter. See, this is a little bit more challenging. I like the. I, I love the idea of intention, and um, my my sense is that intention. When I think about intention, I think about change and making certain choices, just choices to do something different. And when I think about winter, sometimes it talk about. I think the of it being dark night of the soul. Yes, and Tracy's rolling her eyes. That's lovely. Thank you for that support. Um, so the dark night of the soul, the idea that that I go fallow, and um, sometimes it's through intentions or through making conscious choices that I can come out of that. And so that allows me an opportunity sort of to find my way out of my dark night of the soul through making conscious choices, which are my intentions there you go she's still rolling her eyes it's just it's just good i you know it's good that i have no need for you to boost my self-esteem that doesn't exist <laughs> and you look at me like that <laughs> well you can't course. take what i don't have so of course i'm reacting oh yes yes reacting without redoing the whole winter show mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know you see winter as the dark night of the show like the drama mm-hmm. and danger and and pain, and I just see winter as mm-hmm. a you know period for quiet growth. So 
uh-huh. you know, yes. under the surface. Clearly. Maybe you don't see it, but it doesn't mean it's painful or the dark night of the soul for me. Yes. So that's all. I'm just reacting to yes. that. And if that interests any of you who are listening, just, like, go back to our show mm-hmm. on winter. We had a very long and interesting <laughs> conversation about that. Painful. And so from that perspective mm-hmm. that if winter is not the dark night of the soul, but it is simply a purposeful fallow mm. time mm. to go underground or to bears hibernate mm. and they get ready for spring, mm-hmm. then to me intention is very much like that. It's I've set the intention. I've planted the seed, mm. and I don't see what's happening mm. to it. Right. But I know when spring comes, that intention is going to blossom or pop through the soil. Wow. And in that case, it's like very cool. Was that Tracy doing a connect the dots? Yeah, I was like, wow, golly, I just could not believe it. I felt the earth shift. So um, that's what connect the dots for today. And uh, you got double listeners. You got double connect the dots. That rarely happens. Thank you, Buck. Rarely happens. Um, So our theme today is intention on Say Yes to Spirit. We're going to take a quick break. Please stick with us, and we'll be back. Welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit. Our theme today is intention. Intention. What is your intent? Setting an intention. Is intention the same thing as a goal? What did we write? <gasps> oh, the, I had the answer to that. What, what did we write? In the, what is the power of intention? How do you use your intentions to shape your life? And is there a difference between intentions and goals? Boy, Tracy, lovely for a conversation about how we can say yes to spirit every day. Gosh, you just did a commercial. You should, you know, snip that out. It sounds like a nice commercial voice. Yes, I can use my radio voice. Commercial voice. You know, every uh, every Monday and Friday in the Dallas County Women's Jail, in the program that I work with, uh, trauma survivors and women who have addiction. We set intentions, and we get a three twice a week. Twice a week. We get a three by five um, card, whatever those cards are called, index cards, and we write. The intention is a big thing. Like I want to be more spiritual. I want to work my program better. I want to be a better friend. I want to get organized. Big thing. And then underneath the intention is three action steps that can be taken daily. And the action steps have to be very, very specific. Like they can't say, oh, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to meditate at least 15 minutes a day, every day before noon. Or, you know, I'm going to, um, I'm going to do my homework. Well, I'm going to spend 30 minutes a day doing my homework. Or I'm going to spend an hour three times this week doing my homework. That, that, that the action step can actually be measured and that you can say, you know, that it's a clear yes, I did it, or no, I didn't do it. And those three action steps are the things that feed up to manifesting this intention. And then at the bottom of the index card, we put the affirmation, I hear you, I see you, I affirm your intention with love. And the women, the, the, the whole kind of 
routine of the event is they get the card, they write their intention. It's 63 women in a pod, and they sit in tables of five or six women at each table. And after they write their intention card, then they'll speak aloud their intention and their action steps, and the other women at the table will then say the affirmation to them. And then at the end of the week, like Monday, they set the intention for the week, and then Friday they set the intention for the weekend. And at the end of the time that they were working on their intention, on the back of the card, they'll write how they did. And we oh, talk good. about yes, and we talk about anchoring two different things: how you did, yes, I did it; no, I didn't do it; just kind of yes, I did; no, I didn't; and how I felt. And what we encourage them is it's a feeling to really anchor that feeling into and to talk about that feeling, how it felt when I did it, or how it felt when I didn't do it, is the thing that kind of um, allows kind of a deeper shift. And it's fascinating to watch the women, and back to the original question that you asked 17 hours ago that I had the answer for, was we talk about that intention is completely opposite of a goal because a goal implies pass or fail, right or wrong, got it, didn't get it. And intention implies I'm intending to do this. So even if I don't do it at all, let's say I had to meditate for 30 minutes every morning before noon, even if I didn't do it at all, the awareness that I didn't do it at all and writing about how the feeling of what not doing it felt like, that's still progress, that's still, that's still movement, that's still action, the awareness and the writing. And so it's still movement in a direction, something, you know, there's still kind of synergy and energy there going versus, oh, I did or I didn't do it, I passed or I failed. And just the mental shutdown went, oh, I didn't do it. Oh, you know, I, you know I'm on a diet and I said I was just going to, you know, eat bread and drink water and, you know, I had a steak and now I failed. My goal is over. And it can be very debilitating, I think, when we get in that language of goal, right and wrong, did it, didn't do it. So the intention, and we're really in intentional in our language with the women that, you know, just writing the card, there's success in that. There's, you know, there's there's movement in that. And and so the intention, the intention becomes an energy force of movement, not, not doesn't even matter which direction the movement's being made necessarily. It's just, it's just awakening. It's just moving. It's just bringing sort of light to the dark room. I feel good about that little story. But it's a very powerful process, setting that intention. And it's funny because that was something I was going to say that I forgot in my vignette, that um, the women will not take it too seriously sitting in the Dallas County Jail. And, the, you know, some of them buy into it and get excited about it. Most of them don't really. You know, it's just sort of something to do. And then when they get into, many of our women go on to, to prison to TDC, Texas Department of Corrections, and I'll get letters from them. And then when they're sitting there alone and they're seeing, you know, here's my life for the next 11 months or 11 years, they see the value of having some sort of intention of creating some sort of meaning, of giving them some, some sort of path to follow. And that they just set their little intention sitting on their little bunk in their little prison. And, you know, they, they find that um, very, you know, that's life-giving to them at that point. Yeah, as you were describing it, I was thinking how, I was thinking two things. One, that by practicing the practice, yes, you actually are giving them a tool they can use for their entire life, no matter where they are, no matter what situation they're in. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, yeah, and how powerful that could be if those of us who are not in jail Mm -hmm. were to do that, even if it wasn't twice a week, but Mm -hmm. just once a week, like on Sunday night or on Monday morning, Mm -hmm. to say, here's my intention for this week, write it down, and here are three action steps I'm going to take Mm -hmm. to move me in the direction of that intention. Mm -hmm. And... And you're right, if I get to the next Sunday mm-hmm. and look at the list and say, wow, I didn't do any of those things, it's like, oh, okay, well, it's still my intention mm-hmm. to experience prosperity. It's mm-hmm. still my mm-hmm. intention to um, 
you know, to be a better friend. It's still my intention, whatever the big thing is. Mm-hmm. And so what am I willing to do this week? You know, those th- am I going to try those same three things, or do I have uh, maybe those were too ambitious? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, what am I really ready to do this week? And, um, and that that is constantly moving you yes. in the direction of who you want to be and how you want to be in the world. Right. The other thing that comes to mind for me related to that is, so we we use the Bible scripture, as above, so below. Mm. And it just strikes me that on the one hand, when, you know, you believe in, that God is unlimited and God can, you know, create any outcome, you know, instantly, and often doesn't because it would not manifest that way into physical form. But it just strikes me as, you know, when we talk about intention from a spiritual perspective, you set the intention and the universe says yes. Mm-hmm. And divine mind, it's already done in divine mind and you know, the right people will come into your life, the right situations will come into your life to to evidence that. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like that process. You set the intention in prayer or in treatment. You set the intention and turn it over to God. And it's like, oh, then just if you really pay attention, you'll see, oh, these three things happened this week that moved me in that direction or offered me the opportunity to move in that direction. It's like, you know, the angels mm-hmm. are saying, okay, we got your intention. Here's, here's, here's a step, here's mm-hmm. a step, here's mm-hmm. a step. And it's often, if you didn't know the bigger intention, it would seem random or coincidental. Right, if you didn't have an understanding of what you had planted and to become conscious of the planting would be the key, and then to, to look for the little tiny things, the headline on the newspaper that you're passing by or the song on the radio, the, the unexpected something in a mail, you know, something that you get left on a on, on your car, some strange random thing. You know, you just, the right. little things that happen that you might not put together in terms of messaging. And, and worse than that, that you get irritated by. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> you don't. Like you don't somebody leaves something on your car on the mm-hmm. windshield, mm-hmm. and you come out from a meeting, and you're like, "These people always putting stuff on my car," and you don't even look at it, right? The little flyer. Mm-hmm. But if you had looked at it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the meaning of the note, you know, the meaning of maybe the... a word on the note, or mm-hmm. maybe yes, it was call this number and save two hundred dollars on your auto insurance, <laughs> and you've been saying you. Needed you know, to needed save to get more money. money. Mm-hmm. You needed more money. It's like this is a savings that generates you more money. Mm-hmm. But most, uh, so often when we're just being, doing mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. humanity, mm-hmm. and sometimes actually I remember if things that irritate me mm-hmm. to stop and go, okay. It's triggering something that's important, not some, not necessarily from some deep emotional wound, but this was by design to get your attention. Yes. So does it fit with anything you've been praying for or asking for, or is it a solution to something you've been complaining about? Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't always remember. Probably fifty percent of the time, mm-hmm. I catch myself and go, "Ooh." That pushed a button. What was that? What opportunity is it bringing me? Because mm-hmm. sometimes that's the only way to get our attention, to get us pissed off, angry, <laughs> or, you know? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're just kind of going along. This whole idea that uh, <clears throat> that the universe gets louder and louder if we don't pay attention to the little whispers and the idea that, you know, and again, talking about the women in jail, you know, that's a really golden moment when they get the concept that they're in jail as 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 a gift to stop the train that they were on. The direction of the train was going so fast and so hard and certainly was destined to derail. And jail becomes the stop. Jail becomes the 
the uh, opportunity to say, okay, I can reset my track and get on a different train. Um, and, and many times, you know, what we hope is to get the message before we get to that big, huge stop. We hope. <laughs> <laughs> but all too often, all too often, it doesn't happen. Um, and it may not be jail, but it may be something really devastating. Right, right. the loss of something. Right. We, we're on the wrong track um, with our health care and our body and our, you know, fitness and our wholeness and wellness, more so than wholeness. And then we get a diagnosis of something serious and or something we think of as serious mm-hmm. in our human brain. And then we go, oh, and like you just said about the jail, it's an opportunity to go, okay, I've been on this track, on this train, on this track, and it is not leading to a pretty place. And this is kind of like the last stop before the worst stop. (laughs) You know, this is a stop that if I keep on this, if I just get back on the same Mm -hmm. train, I'm going to end up in some place that's harder or more difficult or scarier than this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's my chance to choose a different train on a different track, moving in a different direction. <clears throat> and we have all kinds of ways that shows up. It shows up as addiction. It shows up as divorce. It shows up as cancer. It shows up as, you know, all kinds of things shows up as foreclosure, it shows up, I mean, you know, we could just start listing all Stop, the I'm getting very depressed. And, yeah, mm-hmm. it's the opportunity to say, wait, what have I been doing that's out of alignment with the intention of who I want to be in the world, or who I intend to be, how I intend to be. For some reason that who I intend to be and how I intend to be, I can't say the who, who mm-hmm. I intend to be, without my brain also saying, how, how you want to be in the world? Because who, I guess, sounds more to me like status and power mm. and title. Mm. And how <clears throat> resonates more for me with behavior and mm-hmm. how, I inter- how I interact with people. And I think that's something else we talk about with the women a lot is the who a lot of times we'll say, the women will constantly say, well, I'm going to be sober when I'm out. I'm going to be sober. I'm going to, I'm going to be different. And we always say that. I'm going to do this different. You know, this, 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 this time is going to be different. And the question always is, well, then how? What do, how am I going to be different? How is my day going to be different? How is my mind going to be different? How is my self-talk? How is my, the people that I am around? What how choices is that? am I right. going to make? to do it differently, not just think mm-hmm. it different, about it differently. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of an interesting, it, it kind of flies in the face of the metaphysical idea of just think it and, and so it is, in, in the idea that, you know, that it takes some, what is that four-letter word? Work! <laughs> um, but, because uh, <laughs> I... I'm all for the you know make the shift and it's all over. But um, but at the at the perhaps at the beginning as the train is pulling out of the station, you know the, it needs a little coal to get going kind of thing. So there's some 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 effort. What is that a five letter word? Um, that it takes to get that shift, you know, to make a conscious choice, to make an intention. Well, you know, I have a theory about there that. There you go, Trace. She's of course. She, she, she didn't actually roll her eyes, but she had a roll her eye kind of sense about her. So go ahead. Well, no, it wasn't even a rolling eyes kind of sense. Mm-hmm. It was just a, I actually, I actually believe, like we say, change your thinking, change your life. Right. And, um, or, you know, yes, when you set the intention, the universe says yes. Um and I do agree with you that many people then interpret that to mean, you know, I write an affirmation and then the universe does Should be everything done. else. That's it. My part's over. 
And the reality is, in my mind, that the universe does say yes, and it is done in divine mind. It is done. The, you know, God sees it as done. And you have to step into it. So when I think change your thinking, change your life, in fact, what I do with clients all the time is I was like, okay, what are you thinking now? What, what was your thinking in the past that led you to this, the outcome or as it is now? Okay, what is it that you want differently? And then I go through this whole process of, you know, you have awareness now because that's kind of like what you want and what do you believe about that, you know? And then what are your actions going to be and what is, then what are the outcomes? So it's like you can have a new thought, but you're, you don't have a new outcome until you have new actions in between. Because you believe something different, you behave differently. You set that intention and you then act as if it is true or act as if that is who you are. Mm -hmm. And because you're acting in a way that represents that intention, at some point that you look around and go, oh, I'm not acting anymore. I really do have that life. Mm -hmm. And I think we do people a disservice when we don't explain that that middle part. It's not set the intention and then go sit in a room and then, you know, a month later when you go walk out the door, the new car is going to be out there. Just my way of thinking. <laughs> And, you know, it doesn't mean you have to work in, like, let's say your intention is to replace your car uh-huh. and because your car, you want a car that's newer, that's reliable, blah, 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 and you've been having car trouble or whatever. So it's it's not impossible that you could say, I want a, you know, car that's less than three years old and it's black and it's um, reliable and it's fully paid for and then lay down, I mean, you know, I guess it has happened to some people that their clarity is so clear and they're giving it up to God that you could do a one-line treatment or a one-line prayer and then have it evidence. But my theory is that usually when that happens, it's because you've already been doing so much spiritual work and yes. moving in that direction. You're yes. so in alignment. Yes. Yes. That by making that claim, by making yes. that demand, by setting that intention, yes. you've already, without maybe even realizing it, done the work yes. that is the process that brings you right to that manifestation. Yes. My uh, spiritual teacher, I had a Christian mystic teacher that um, I worked with like seven or eight years ago here in Dallas, and then she moved to Maine, and I still talk with her. And she had a great example of that. And this is a woman who, you know, is on a mystic path. And so her daily practice is deep and seated and and very, you know, her whole 24-hour period, she really is in conscious contact with spirit for probably the last 15 years has been on that path. And she had an example a few months ago where she was needing $42,000 to, she owns a daycare center, and, and, and she needed that money to, you know, pay off some note that was coming up. And she set that prayer, and the next week she got a some sort of savings dividend or something. I don't know how all these things work, but she got a check for $42,500 in the mail. It just appeared. But she was so clear when she set the prayer the week before that it would come, and, you know, she has, you know, 15 years of doing this. And so I sit back, you know, and I just get bitter. (laughs) I'm like, how does that work? I want that. I want that now. But you're right. It's a progression of, of, um, of activity that builds up. And, you know, we talk about the, it's a perfect kind of analogy of the idea of putting money in a bank and, you know, if I'm putting my spiritual bank each day by doing something, having a spiritual practice each day, then when something, you know, I'm, I'm aligning myself more and more with spirit, then, then then the connection is manifests quickly. 
And a lot of times when I'm manifesting things quickly, you know, it's a clear indication of how connected I am to that spirit sense and that spirit energy. So when I have that thought and I have that manifestation, it's like, wow, I'm really in alignment with the flow. The flow is, you know, I am, I am um, <clears throat> connected in a very clear way and those things that I'm thinking or those thoughts that are coming to mind are manifesting, boom, boom, boom. And it strikes me that in that example, um, there it's so multi-layered. Mm-hmm. So on the surface, it looks like, oh, she prayed for $42,000, and then a week later, oh, yes, she magically gets this check. But as you said, there's 15-plus years of spiritual practice leading up to that. So when she... Said the prayer. She was in full belief. Oh, absolutely! Didn't even. She was not even bothered. Right. She, she was, was just like that. Was all belief. she had to do it was, was just put a it statement off. of fact. Right. And her behavior didn't do anything to contradict that. Right. So a lot of times we'll say, or and you know, I'll be I'll talking. say, go your face. Well, I will say we'll be talking to people. Yeah. I'll be talking uh-huh. to people uh-huh. who. Makes it makes me realize how I do this in my real life, but mm-hmm. I notice it because I'm talking to someone, right? And they will say, "Well, I prayed for X, whatever mm-hmm. X is," mm-hmm. and it's been, you know, six weeks and nothing has happened, mm-hmm. and now I'm really desperate. I really have to have this. Mm-hmm. So one clue is I'm desperate and I really have to have it. That clinging, which mm-hmm. also means you're in a mental state of lack and that it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And so I think about how a lot of times it's not even whether we are in our behavior or doing things that represent who it is we want to be or what it is we want to have. It's the behavior of doubt. Mm -hmm. It's the behavior of, well, I prayed for this, but I'm not really sure it's going to happen. It's the, you know, the unbelief that has has enough power, it basically negates Mm -hmm. the request, whatever that is, because you don't really believe it's going to happen. Or you believe it would be a miracle, meaning I don't really believe it can happen, you know. And that um, scripture in in Malachi in the Bible about prove me, you know, God, prove me, prove me, God, prove me that, that, prove that I am God in your own life. Trust in me, have faith, and prove. God saying prove? That, that, yeah, prove me God. Prove that I am God. That I am the, you know, omnipotent, the omni-God. You know, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. And it's not prove, it's not prove like a dare, it's like, what evidence, what more evidence do you need? Just prove it in your actions that this can happen based on your belief. And that's, I think, what hurts us more often than not. We set an intention, but we don't really believe it. And our actions then show that we don't believe it. And the universe cannot bring us anything that we do not believe. It brings us what we do believe. So if I doubt that it really can happen, I doubt that, for whatever reason, the universe just says yes. And I think that's another thing that I think I saw in when I started getting into this idea of change your thought, change your life, is that there's a lot of skipping over of that shifting in belief, and there and I think that's really kind of harsh because then then you do kind of get set up. Well, I did these fifty affirma- affirmations, and so. Um, when I talk to the women in the jail, I talk about that whole thing that the affirmations are designed to change the belief, that the affirmations themselves aren't the thing that create. It's the belief that creates. And so, um, you know, because it it is such a subtle thing. And it's fascinating. I um, had an experience this last week. It was kind of mirrored this morning by a, a woman that I was working with was talking about how she can um, 
you know, she got out of her meditation practice and she just, she said, I get in this sort of dark hole and she goes, I can't get out. And I got in such a hole earlier this week and I was able to reach out to my flotation device. I like that, I like that uh, term. And, you know, this person to me who is is my safe space and I, and through that connection, I was able to return to the truth of who I was. And I, and I pondered after that experience, you know, I haven't had that connection for, you know, my entirety of my life. What would happen if I didn't have it? And how does, how does opening myself up and letting myself be vulnerable or letting myself be, um, you know, allowing that, other person, you know, God in skin, to be there, that is sort of the divine design as well, that we have opportunities to to connect with each other in these deeper ways. And, you know, how do I open myself up to that? And then what? how it, that is so, that really is God in skin. I mean, I experienced that whole moment of feeling that relief that would only come through that kind of spiritual connection and that came through a human but uh, right. you know, it was a divine experience, and many times when I'm alone in my little spiral, which, did I use the word little? I shouldn't have. My very dark, very scary, very dramatic, is that good, do you think? Yes, I like <laughs> yes, it. yes, yes, deep, ugly, nasty. Um, you know, I can get can get lost so quickly, and to, to have that, you know, God in skin is such an important thing, and to... You know, to create those those um, connections and to and to nurture them and to allow them to work for me. You know, so that when I am in that space, they're present. The flotation device is ready, so to speak. So, um, what's true is that. What I believe to be true is that God can own, well, only is not the word I want to use. God works through both the formless and the form. Yes. And the form means, you know, another person or a creature or, you know, our pets are so, you know, Mm -hmm fabulous in that way, um, beauty in nature, to reach us because we are actually living in physical form. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be, if, there, if you believe that there can be no problem or question without a solution or answer mm-hmm. because there's nothing outside the universe, there's nothing outside of God, then... I'm in physical form, my flotation device mm-hmm. is somewhere around me in some kind of physical form. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, even though I know, believe, and am aware of the power and the presence of God, it's formless. It is a formless entity. And so as I express in my human form, mm. I need other human right. form or right. physical form right in order to be the answer to the question, right. fulfill the need in physical in, in the physicality mm-hmm. of it. So if I am hungry, I can believe that God is all there is, and I'm still going to be hungry. The, the answer to that need comes in the form of food, whether I go to a restaurant, whether I go to a... Um, food bank, you know, whether I have food stamps, it's coming to me in physical form. Mm-hmm. So you, you just, I think, reminded me of how we sometimes, when we think we are so religious or so spiritual, we forget that it has to come to us through other people or through our physical experience. And whether it's a, something that is releasing stress or whether it's a physical, I need Mm $42,000, it's going to show up in physical form. Mm -hmm. So as you were giving your example about your flotation device, I was thinking, you know, that's 
probably one of the most important roles for me as a as a licensed mm-hmm. practitioner and mm-hmm. spiritual coach mm-hmm. and for ministers mm-hmm. not to have the answer mm-hmm. because the answer is within that person who's coming to talk to me already mm-hmm. but to ignite them looking within for their own answer or to remind them mm-hmm. that there is an answer that is equally powerful. Like if this situation is so troublesome for you, there is an answer that is a, a, a complete balance to that on the positive side. You know, I, I just love the, the um, is it a metaphor for the flotation device? The image of that? Because it is floating on the water. And it's steady, and it's there, and it's not going anywhere. There's nothing that's going to make it drown. It's it's it can. It's solid there. And my, you know, desperation. I'm I'm sinking. I'm flailing. I'm and it's you know, and I can you know grab it, and you know, even in my desperation, I might grab it and push it down underneath the water in my anxiety or something, and then it still pops back up, and. And as it pops back up, the, the, the whole image of it is is hopefully I will see, okay, I can if I can just slow down my flailing and just grab hold, I can just grab hold. Okay, I can slow down, just hold. It's not going anywhere. It's, gonna, it's safe. It's okay. And, you know, talk myself out of that flailing around and splashing and getting water up my nose. I hate water up my nose. Um, you know, and just sort of ease into holding on to it, then everything around me changes. When actually nothing around me has changed. You know, I love that analogy. We talk about that in twelve steps all the time. That the idea of when I change inside, everything changes outside, even though ultimately nothing, nothing has actually changed. Right. But so as I'm holding on to this flotation device and easing into that peace that comes from being able to, okay, now I can relax and just hold on. All I have to do is hold on. And it will everything changes. It does support right. me. And I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna live. And everything changes even though I'm still in the ocean. But everything changes because I've I've settled into Oh, there is such wisdom coming there, from this show today. What's That's like we should just end the show right now. It's just so powerful. <laughs> we have met our intention. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But it is fascinating. And, you know, this um, idea of having a safe space in the world is very new to me in physical terms. And I think I've not, um, I've not really understood the significance of having that safe space to fall. And, and it really does make you know, all the difference mentally, you know, with my mental anxiety. And you have to go back and listen to all the shows to get a sense of how really deep and dark that is. See, that's one thing. I say that to get Tracy's reaction. But, you know, to have that safe space in the world. And, and I try with the women, one of the things that we do with the intention cords, when they say it out loud, they're bringing those four women into their intention for the week. And the idea behind that is to say, okay, Sally Sue, you were supposed to be working on not having any negative self-talk, and I just heard you say, gosh, I'm so stupid, and I can't believe I did this again, and my husband's going to leave me, and I'm just an idiot. And so that other person that you've spoken your intention aloud to can then become your little reminder of the truth of what you're doing. And so as we you know, open ourselves up to sharing our um, circumstance and sharing our situation, sharing what's going on in our mind, and then asking for help, boy, that just opens up a whole different thing when we allow others to step in and and be present. Allow, that's a very important word. Right, 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 right. I um, had a conversation with a coaching client this past week who has someone in her life who is very spiritually grounded and provided some feedback for her about 
something she was doing that was in op- the opposite of what her intention was mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. terms of moving in a certain direction in her life. And she took that person's phone number out of her phone, didn't she? And she was <laughs> quite upset. How dare her quite upset. Who does she think she is? And there was. It was like she was not allowing that person mm-hmm. to help her mm-hmm. or to remind her. Because mm-hmm. the person, for at least from, you know, the report I heard about it, the person wasn't even saying, you know, like, you should or you must. The person just simply said, you know, I remember you saying you <laughs> wanted to do blah, 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 and, you know, kind of, they didn't do the Dr. Phil, how's I working for you? But it was like, you know, did you just listen to right. what you, did? were you listening to what you just said? Mm-hmm. And just holding the mirror up, mm-hmm. and boy, did that set, you know, the, my client, my coaching client off, and and, you know, and I totally got it as she was explaining because on the one hand, she trusted this person and she had shared with this person what I'm working on, but she wasn't willing to allow the mirror to be held up, the feedback. And um, and that's what I do, you know, a couple years ago, or maybe last year, I don't know, a year or two ago, my thing was receive. Mm, and right. it was all about, wow, being more, let me be more aware of I don't allow mm-hmm. to come into my life, mm-hmm. whether it's a compliment or whether it's a million dollars. What is it that I subconsciously block and let me open up so that I can receive more, that I can receive more good in my life. And it was a very, it was a powerful year, and it was a very insightful year. Just, you know, every week or two, I would be amazed at receiving how automatic it was for me to push something away. Ah. Mm-hmm. And I received a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. I received a lot before that, mm-hmm. but then to expand it so I could receive even more. It's like I can I can see a huge difference in my life now, and I know it's because that year, for the whole year, I kept the intention open that I would receive more that helps me create a life I love. And you know the little things I'm thinking. I don't know why this popped in my mind, but there's I, every day at the jail I get on an elevator to go up to the to the pod where the women are, and um, it's fascinating when there's two or three people waiting for the elevator at the same time to see who a lot, you know who just kind of opens the door, or you know when the doors open, who you know steps aside to let others come in, and who doesn't. And I'll oftentimes I'll, I'll I'll fight to be the last one on. So you go first. No, 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 really, I, I insist you get on. No, I'm not. And the door will actually sort of start closing before one of us, you know. And it's fascinating, because I'm thinking about that's kind of a little tiny, but it's an interesting metaphor for, oh, no, I don't deserve to go first. You must go first. I must wait, and you must get on, and you must be safe, and then I'll somehow manage to cross over before the door slam on my head. You know, there's someone actually was killed with a door anyway so but it's a small metaphor but it's interesting to look at how does that ripple out into bigger things how uh, how many ways am i saying oh no 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 you not me, not me. Uh, somebody you else go needs first. it more that's right that's they right. deserve it right more. right they'll you know i want to make sure they're taken care of <laughs> yes. yes yes which is funny and we've talked about this before but it's funny because when you look at the behavior and you observe someone's behavior. It seems polite. Right. You don't know what's underneath right. it. You don't know what their intention yes. is. Right, right. But their mind is. Yes. Because someone could see that same behavior and go, Leslie's always so thoughtful. nice and thoughtful, and she always is being in service. Mm-hmm. And you are. And <laughs> But actually, I'm thinking, well, I can't just, go until you go. And... Um, you know, it's like you don't know in mm-hmm. any given situation. 
whether it's the pattern, whether it's socialization, whether it's um, the message from when you were eight years old, mm-hmm. you know, and a parent gave you a certain message. And, yeah, it's so complex if we try to analyze it and be right about it when it applies to someone else. The only person we can be right about is knowing our mm-hmm. own in, intention mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and our own rationalization and our own reason for doing whatever it is we do. And it's really important, I think, to be aware of that, for me to be, you know, in conscious understanding. I think there comes a point, and this has always been kind of a fascinating cycle for me, because there becomes a point, and use the elevator as the example, I can be in that mindset of, oh, no, I don't deserve to be on the elevator first. Please go first so then I deserve to breathe and I can get on after you. And if I'm doing my spiritual work and I'm taking care of myself and I'm feeling whole and feeling the truth of myself and knowing, you know, all the good that I am, then I can say, oh, joyfully, please right. get on and the, the elevator. the behavior is the, the same. The exact same. The behavior is the same. And to be in conscious awareness of where I am in that in that behavior. What is my mental tape playing? That's the key for me. And to you know to use it as a, a sort of a thermometer of my mental space, of my spiritual space, to understand that you know I can if I take the routine out of the routine and look at each little tiny individual thing that's happening and see what is my internal tape playing. That's yeah. my that's my indicator of the seeds that I'm planting. And it is a it you know, it's just a thousand different ways a day for me to have an in for me to have an awareness of what I'm actually doing and um strangely enough, um you know, I'm 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 not looking at those, or I'm denying those, or I'm you know focusing on something else, and and those little things are the things that get louder and louder if I don't pay attention to what is my internal dialogue telling me. Yeah, and so often I I know I'm like everybody else. I'm so busy living my life that I don't always evaluate or even consider what my intention is. Like mm-hmm. I'm on automatic and mm-hmm. I'm just doing mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And most of the time then, you know, my days go and they come and they go and they come and they go and they come. And until something doesn't work mm-hmm. or until something feels really bad, hurts in mm-hmm. some way. Mm-hmm. And then I slow down and go, what is going on here? And then I might ask myself, oh, look at what you've been doing the last week or the last six mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm. And and then I can say what was my intention and start thinking back or what was, what was I thinking mm-hmm. or what was mm-hmm. I not thinking, mm-hmm. uh, what was I avoiding, what was my goal. But I, I even with, and I do... I do consistent spiritual practice. <laughs> I do. It's I, I encouraging because if it's not encouraging once you say after it, then it's going to seem like it's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I do all this spiritual practice, and my life still sucks. No, I'm kidding. no my life is fabulous. <laughs> there we go. Okay, good. My good. life is fabulous. to make sure that's what you were going to yeah, say. No. And, you know, I am consistent with spiritual practice, and my life is fabulous. And there are. Things there are parts of my life, or my experience uh-huh. of life, where I'm on automatic. Mm. Right, the default kicks in, mm-hmm. and because it's not painful, I don't notice it. Or because it's consistently painful, I'm just used to that. Right, <laughs> my tolerance is so high yeah. for the end. Yes, for for not being who I ultimately believe I could be, that, yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, I'll get to it one day, or, yeah, 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 yeah. So that, it's just really interesting. And, I'm, you know, I have um, every year when it gets, begins to get close, 
there are two times of the year I do a lot of self-reflection, always. One is, like most people, kind of in the last month of the year, going into a new year, mm-hmm. um, some reflection about, you know, what was good about, you know, the year that's ending and what do you want to focus on for the year that's that's entering. And then also around my birthday, which is actually in the first quarter, so it kind of becomes a little bit of a of a continuation, but usually around my birthday, if not for the year, it's kind of like, oh, well, this kicks off. Who do you mm-hmm. want to be for the next, you know, five years? Or who do you want to be or how do you want to live your life five years or mm-hmm. ten years from now? My birthday kind of kicks that off. Um, and it's this the, this whole idea of what is the underlying intention and what are the things I can do to welcome that intention showing up in my life. That I think that's the the word welcome. Mm. It's maybe even more than allow, maybe even more accurate than allow. Do I welcome it? Do mm-hmm. I make it? If if someone was coming to my home for dinner, I would welcome them. I've invited them. Mm-hmm. I've set the intention. I've invited them. But am I welcoming them? You know, did I, as I was preparing, did I think about what would make them feel comfortable? What would make these intentions be comfortable in my life? I think there's a webinar coming. <laughs> yeah, and it is a. Since Wayne Dyer already wrote the book, Intention, mm-hmm. maybe I'll just do mm-hmm. a webinar. And, you know, I've been reading Wayne Dyer's um, Wishes Fulfilled, his mm-hmm. newest book, and it um, it's like intentions on steroids in terms of uh, living in the end results. And that really is, it's such a, it's such a fascinating you know, how do I live in, you know, physical abundance and joyful life and when I'm, you know, feeling these, ex- you know, my external circumstances, not that. You know, he loves the great example that, you know, he takes the picture, he has the um, cover of every book made before he writes the book. He has the image of the of the cover and he has a, somebody, you know, take the photo and do the graphic and make it happen. And so he has this book jacket before he ever starts to write the book. And isn't that a nice, simple, little, fabulously flowerful example of how you can live in the books being written, the book is written before it's written. And and I think there's, you know, it's just such a, within my own mind, because I have such a belief of that, that that is exactly right, that if I live in that, act as if, 12-step programs talk about act as if. I absolutely believe that, and then I'm confronted with this incredible human experience of, you know, that I go in and out of, so, you know, it feels like an ocean wave, that I get lost so quickly. And, you know, that, that idea of that flotation device, and I think if I don't have that, what would happen, you know? <laughs> and to be as, you know, spiritually aware as I am and then to, you know, have this human experience, I guess it's, is that the idea of continually saying yes to spirit, of being able to find my way day to day, moment to moment? Yes. <laughs> I say yes. That it all works out if I just stay aware, stay conscious. Stay aware and keep choosing. Yes. Keep picking my intentions, making my action steps. This show. <laughs> Do you like me though, Trace? I think I'll dial in again. <laughs> you didn't answer. You, don't... you love me. Love you, Trace. So that's it for intentions and say yes to spirit. So glad you joined us. Please check the schedule and see what's coming up soon and go to the archives and scan the topics and find one that's interesting to you and give it a listen. Until we meet again, say Say yes yes to spirit. spirit.